Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney sharing a thought with you for the day. I wanted to title this particular podcast, The Value of a Tear, and it's got to do with intercession. But let me just talk briefly about prayer. I remember in the beginning of my Christian walk, I used to be so ashamed about the way that I was praying. It was always, God, please, can I have this? Or God, can you please do that? Or God, I need this. Or can you please hear this? Can you please answer it? And as I say, I got embarrassed by always asking, can I have, can I have, can I have? And I suppose when you think about it, there are stages in human in a human development from an infant to an adult. An adult does not behave the same way that an infant does. And there is time and there is space for our prayers to reflect these exact things. This is in line with the word, which in Psalm 107 verse 6 says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. So that is one type of prayer, asking God for help. But as we mature, we can't stay there. We can't just be about gimme, 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 you know, and and just asking him for stuff that we want all the time. There's got to be a maturity in our prayer language. There are many different types of prayers that are mentioned in the word. One is the prayer of silence. Psalm 63 verse 6 says, on my bed, I remember you. I think about you through the watches of the night. What does this mean to pray this prayer of silence? It's an inward prayer. It's turning your heart to meditate on him. You know, I remember driving in the car one day and I I, I said to the Lord, I'm thinking about you right now. And he replied, what are you thinking? And I just began to contemplate. I began to remember. I began to recall all the things that he had done, all the prayers that he had answered, even the ones that I muttered under my breath that were just in passing. He answered those things. And I began to recall, recollect um, the protection that he's extended to us, the favor towards my children, um, the hard times that he's seen us through. So that is that prayer of silence, just pondering on the goodness of God. Obviously, there's also the prayer of confession. This is also another part of my prayer that I'm continually keeping a short account before the Lord. Psalm 32 verse 5 says, Then I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. This is such an important prayer when you think that you have an accuser that accuses you day and night before the throne. When you repent of different things, you take away his legal right to harass you, um, to bring to bring judgment on you for different things. So keeping that short account is very important. Thanksgiving is another one. You know, the word always says, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. I just love how science is confirming the word of God. You know, the word doesn't tell us why Thanksgiving is so important, but I just recently learned about a um, a clinical trial that was done. Dr. Joe Dispenza did it, and I might have mentioned this before on one of my other podcasts, but what he did is he measured the immunoglobulin A, IgA, which is a protein marker for the strength of the immune system, and he had a bunch of volunteers He took a blood sample from them to measure how healthy their immune function and their internal defense system was. What he found is that 
um, he used emotions. He used high-frequency emotions such as love and joy and inspiration and gratitude. And he said in his four-day workshop, I want the participants to enter into an elevated emotional state, thinking about those things of love, joy, inspiration, gratitude. And he said, we're just going to do this for nine to ten minutes three times a day. At the end of those four days, they measured the IgA levels again, and they had all shot up between um, 49.5%. That's a f- almost a 50% boost in the immune system just by giving thanks. You know, there's other prayers of adoration. Um, Revelations 4.11, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. By your will they were created, and they have their being. You know, just when we stop for a second, take our eyes off of ourselves, look at the creation that God has made. You know, the word talks about how creation has a voice and a sound that declare his glory. And so when we take time to notice that, that prayer of adoration flows out of our heart. What about the prayer of transformation? That is about us, but it's more than just gimme, gimme, gimme. Psalm 139, 23 says, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So many different types of prayers, but one that I want to concentrate on right now comes out of um, intercession, Colossians 1 verse 9 to 12. I remember the first time, and I'm going to use terminology that comes out of the church age, I remember the first time that I had a burden. I was about 12, 13 years old, and I had this, I was I was just playing in my room, minding my own business, keeping myself occupied and busy, and suddenly this weight landed on me, and I began to cry. The only thing that I could think of was, my dad's going to die. Something's going to happen to him. He's going to die. And I began to panic because I had no idea what was going on in the spirit realm. But I remember going to my mom and I was beside myself. I said, mom, something bad's going to happen to dad. Can we pray? And she said, what's going to happen to dad? And I said, I don't know. I've just got this feeling. And she, in her wisdom, she said, I think that God is asking you to intercede for something. That's okay if you don't know what it is. He's obviously trusting you to carry this through to the end. He said, and she said to me, what we're going to do is we're going to go into your room. We're going to read, um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, that psalm. And we're going to just ask God to keep safe whoever it is that he's laid on your heart. And we're going to pray in tongues. Tongues is another form of prayer. And it's It's the perfect will of God. The angels don't understand what it means. I didn't understand what it means, but it is the perfect prayer led by the Holy Spirit. And so I remember being in the bedroom with my mom and just beginning to pray in tongues, just asking God, um, you know, to just use my tongue and my intercession, whichever way he wanted to direct it. But and, and I stayed in that room until that burden lifted. That was on a Saturday. On the Sunday, my mom came home from church and she called me into the room. She sat me down. She said, do you remember yesterday that feeling of intercession where we prayed in tongues, where we asked for God's protection and we just prayed in tongues until it lifted? I said, yes. And she said, I think I know what that was for. Now, it is very seldom that we actually see what our intercession is about. But on this occasion, God, I, I believe God allowed me to know what it is to trust the process. 
what had happened was there was a, a man in our church and he had eight children. And that weekend he had decided to take his life. And he was standing in the bathroom on Saturday afternoon with a gun in his hand. And he just began to sob and he couldn't go through with it. And he got to church on the Sunday and he said, I was going to do it. I was going to do it. But something held me back and something changed my heart. And my mom said, Samantha, that was at the time that we were praying yesterday afternoon. So that is what this intercession was directed towards. As I say, many times we don't get to hear what our intercession does, but it has lasting effects in the realm of the spirit. Another form of intercession. I want to read to you from the Passion Translation, and it comes from Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. It says, Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out carrying their seeds to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessings and a harvest overflowing. So it starts off with that, with about sowing your tears as seeds that will reap a harvest of joy. I don't know if anyone listening out there has that uh, compassion. You know that when you see somebody, you begin, you feel the heart of God for them. You begin to weep for them. You have no idea what it's all about, but just that feeling comes over you. This happens to me all the time, and especially in restaurants. It can drive my husband crazy because he says, you've got to stop crying in a restaurant. <laughs> it happens often. We we pretty much can't go out to eat without this happening. I will look at someone I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know them. But that compassion or feeling God's heart, or I pick up something going on inside them that moves me to tears. As I say, it can be embarrassing, not only for me, because I cannot help it. I don't, And I can't even explain where it's coming from. But for Grant as well. And he goes, these guys in this restaurant obviously think I've just said something to upset you. And they're thinking, what a swine that he does this to his wife. But what I have come to understand looking at the Jewish interpretation of tears is that tears is the sum total of all the emotions going on in your body. It's an accumulation of joy or um, compassion or empathy or uh, whatever it is, the heart of God that moves you. Then it comes out, all of that accumulation of those emotions comes out of your body. It leaves your body in a tear. That tear can never be put back into your body, which is why it is so important to God. The word says that he bottles our tears. And I've always wondered about that. What is it about the tear that God finds so important that he bottles it? It's written down in books as intercessions. And as we've just read from this verse in Psalm 126, they are tears which are your seeds and they reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. I also remember we've just come back from Turkey. Um, we, we met with the Russian church in Turkey. It's my first time in Turkey. It's my first time ministering to a Russian um, community, a Russian church, obviously with an interpreter, which was very interesting indeed. But 
I, the whole service, all I could do was cry. And I was going, what the heck is this all about? I don't even know why I'm crying. We can't even communicate about this. But I know that it's to do with the nations because nations are so important to my heart. Generations are so important to my heart. And I see the value of um, weeping. I mean, even the word talks about how Jesus wept, about weeping. I've wept over cities, um, over nations, over people, over tribes. And I have no idea what it's about, but it is that form of intercession. Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. I might stand before the Lord one day and he might show me that harvest. I've wept over Ireland. Oh my goodness. You know, I remember going up Skellig Michael and before we went up, um, we had taken a tour group there and Grant said, I want you to come not empty handed. I want you to bring something to trade and to offer to the Lord as we go up to Skellig Michael. Skellig Michael is, um, it has beehives on the top of a very high mountain. Um, this is where the monks would go for their solitude. Uh, they would get away from the hustle and bustle of community and life and just get in their curros and um, just go wherever the wind took them. They landed on Skellig Michael. They went to the very top of this mountain, built these beehives of stone, which is where they lived, and they um, they offered their service to God. And I remember thinking, what do I have to bring? What could I possibly bring as a trade for these for this nation? and what has been done and what has been sown by the Celtic saints and the amazing testimonies. What could I possibly bring that would be of any value to the Lord? And then I remember how much I have cried over these over this particular nation, Ireland. And so I asked God to bring in that bottle of tears. And that is what I traded on the altar for this nation, for this nation. And I know that Whatever I have sowed in intercession reaps a harvest for my future generations. You know, I remember when Grant and I started traveling and my kids were teenagers. I think they were 14 and 16 when we first started traveling. And I would get people come into the house, um, my brother or friends, and they would move into my house. And they might have been there for a month, month and a half, while Grant and I traveled and did conferences and sowed into the nations. And I was so concerned about my children. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what if they think that they're not important to us? So I remember calling both of my children into the bedroom the one day and I said to them, babes, you know, do you resent God? And they were like, no, why would we do that? And I said, well, because maybe you feel like he's taking your parents away from you. Maybe you feel like you're unimportant because we would always have meetings in our house. We would always have prayer meetings. There'd always be people coming over for ministry. And when they did, I would say to my kids, you guys need to go up to your room. We need some privacy. And so they would be in their rooms more, pretty much most of the time, most of their teenage years. Um, you know, there was that separation. And while we were doing business with, you know, the Lord's business, and I really got concerned for them. I thought, are my actions going to turn my children away from the Lord? And when I had this discussion, I was utterly amazed at their response. You know, you teach your children stuff and you think it goes in one ear and out the other. But this just proved to me how it finds, how a seed finds good ground and produces a harvest. I will never forget what my children's response was. 
they said, no, mom, we, we are not, um, we're not feeling like you put others ahead of us. We don't feel like the, you know, the Lord is taking you away from us. We know that you are sowing seeds into our future generations. We know that the nations will open their doors to us because of your seed. And that just absolutely floored me. And I said, you know, the nations will open their doors to you. You will benefit from the harvest of every seed that we have sown. And that is exactly true. My children live in America at the moment. My youngest is about to move to Canada. And as I began to weep in this Russian uh, conference that we were just in in Turkey, I know that those seeds are going to reap a harvest of joy as they begin to bring their fruit in. So I just wanted to encourage you saying, sow your seeds. Don't be ashamed by the tears that you cry. Those tears are intercession that move mountains. Those tears are intercession that reap a harvest in your future generations. Those tears are things that can turn a nation in a day. Be faithful to release them as an intercession as a, and as an offering before God. I bless you today and I bless your journey. In Jesus' name.